ladies, what a blessing. Praise the Lord. It is good to be here this morning with you again. And uh, thank you, Dr. Van Gelderen, for the opportunity. And uh, we have certainly enjoyed the time that we have uh, been allowed here. And uh, really wish we had a little bit more. And it always goes so fast. Uh, but I enjoy every uh, opportunity, enjoyed every minute of it. And uh, we look forward to visiting with you uh, after the service uh, today as well. And then looking forward to being in the uh, services this evening. And uh, looking forward to all that the Lord has in store for us. If you have your Bibles, open them please to First Chronicles chapter 29. The book of First Chronicles. And if you're able to stand, let's stand together for the reading of God's Word. I'm glad I'm saved. And I'm glad I have a song. Praise God. He is our salvation and our song. Jesus Christ. And uh, He's the reason that I sing. He is the song that I sing. And I uh, thank God for the salvation. I thank God for the singing that we've heard today and been allowed to uh, praise the Lord together. And uh, thank the Lord for just the opportunity to speak this morning and uh, just to be able to speak the Word of God and to preach His truth. And it's a wonderful opportunity and privilege. And I appreciate the opportunity again so very much. And I have been praying for this time together that the Lord would meet with us in a special way. And I believe, uh, boy, the, the music has just been encouraging, the songs we've already heard from. Uh, but the, the second one, I guess it was written by, was it Brother Zimple and then, or Brother Dick? And Daniel both wrote that one. That's a blessing. And uh, we can know his presence and feel his presence, feel his touch. You believe that, don't you? That the Lord can touch you. I know it's a spiritual touch, but boy, I need that touch. And I long for that touch. I need God's help today. And I want to just again say this morning, uh, this is not about me. This is not about, uh, really, it's not about us. It's about what Jesus Christ wants to do through us. And uh, so many times I've had that uh, perspective off. It was all about me doing, doing, doing what I can do for God. And, um, you know, it was a good, it was a good start. But then the Lord had to take me uh, through some uh, trials to take some things away from me to realize this isn't about you, buddy. It's about me. And uh, it's about what I can do through you. And I'm still getting to that place, by the way, and I'm still learning. I'd like to be able to say that I'm there, but I would be lying to you. And uh, I'm not there yet. I want to be there with all my heart. And uh, I'm, I'm endeavoring to get to that place where the Lord can uh, speak through and use me. And I pray that that would be the case today, that God would take His Word and uh, His Spirit today and that He would uh, speak to you and touch your heart in a mighty way that you could leave here uh, changed. And uh, really, every opportunity that we assemble together and hear the Word of God and sing praises to Him is another opportunity for God to touch us and change us. And uh, I believe that's what you desire this morning. And so let's jump right into it. First Chronicles chapter 29. I'm only going to read the first verse, and then we're going to have a word of prayer, and then I'll let you be seated. And then we're going to look at the entire chapter this morning uh, of uh, First Chronicles. And I want us to look at uh, a few thoughts here that the Lord has given me for today. First Chronicles 29, verse number 1, Furthermore David the king said unto all the congregation, Solomon my son, whom God alone hath chosen, is yet young and tender, and the work is great. For the palace is not for man, but for the Lord God. In just the next few moments I want us to look at uh, these thoughts here today, preparing for the work of God. 
preparing for the work of God. And would you bow together with me for prayer this morning? Heavenly Father, I bow before you once again. Lord, how I need your help and your touch. Lord, without you, I am nothing. I am helpless and hopeless. Lord, apart from your spirit and apart from your word. Lord, these students and thy people today need to hear from you. Lord, they don't need to hear from me. And I pray, God, that you would help me to speak all that you desire, nothing more, nothing less. Lord, I yield myself completely to you the best I know how. Lord, as unworthy as I am today, Lord, I pray that you would use my life in some way to be a help and an encouragement. Lord, a way that you could speak through me, Lord, to Lord exalt and edify and uh, Lord, just to magnify the Lord Jesus Christ for a few moments today in our hearts. And then, Lord, that you would encourage the hearts of your people that they might, uh, Lord, uh, yield themselves to you, that uh, they would allow your power to flow through them, Lord, so that they could go and to witness and to work and worship for you. And, Lord, I pray that you would help us to keep our hearts and our minds fixed on Jesus Christ. And Lord, as we are reminded to look unto you, uh, the author and finisher of our faith. And Lord, I just pray that you would do a mighty, lasting, eternal work this morning in our hearts. Lord, I'm thankful that the Word of God and, and the Lord, the calling that you placed on our lives, the assembly of the saints of God, the church today, as we gather together, Lord, we've entered into that eternal realm. Lord, it's eternal business that we have at hand today. And I pray, God, that you'd take the Word of God and use it mightily in our hearts, we pray. And we'll give you the glory for it because you will alone are worthy in Jesus name. Amen. You may be seated. Preparing for the work of God. What happens when you have a heart for God and you have a vision for God, something that you think would be wonderful if God were to let you to accomplish it. That's uh, your burden. It's your heart's desire. And you know that you're right with God. Uh, and so you begin to pray and seek the Lord's face and you ask God, Lord, uh, would, you, would you let me do this thing for you? And God says no. What about when God says no? But we don't like to be told no, do we? Uh, we live in a, a world, a society, really, uh, in America. We're, we're proud Americans. Just, just be honest, in a general, large scale, we are proud and we do not like to be told no. Um, you know, from every level of life, we want things our way. We come into this world wanting things our way. And that's the way that most people live their lives. And when someone tells them you can't have this or no, this is not the way it's going to go, then we rebel against that and we turn away from that and try to go get it our own way or another way. I want you to see this morning from the scripture that this is exactly where David is. David had in his heart the desire and the vision to build the house of God for the Lord, even with the right motive. He had a right heart, a pure heart, and had a vision to go out and to build something for God. And God said, no, you're not going to build it. I'm going to let your son build it. I wonder how many of us would be okay if God said no. I wonder 
in my own heart and life as I seek God and try to honor God and try to build something for God when God says, no, I want somebody else to do that. I want your son to do that. What about the next generation? Would we be okay with saying, all right, Lord, if that's what you want. You see, we're really good at saying the, the things with, that we dream up for God and we say, Lord, bless it. This is what I'm going to do for you without asking God, what is it, God, that you want me to do? Now, I'm real good at that. I can put some things into action and I'm real good about doing some things. I, I've been a doer my whole life. But God didn't create human doings. He created human beings. You have to be something with God before you can do something for God. Being something with God means being alone with God and letting Him fill you and letting Him lead you, letting Him reveal Himself to you, and then you following what He shows you to do. I can't help but think of a, your pastor here, a great example. We were walking through the halls this morning and he told the little story of just briefly of how that God allowed them to build the fellowship hall and build that before the college was here. And he said, just the leading of the Lord. God, that's exactly what we're talking about. Letting God lead you in something that you didn't even recognize God was going to do. But there's a lot of times on the opposite side where we get it in our minds where we're going to go do this. And if we're not careful, you can sit right here and be stirred up or encouraged in the sense of having a good thing in mind of going out, starting a church or going to work in a ministry and leading some type of ministry. And it can be all wonderful. It can be a, a good thing. The only problem is it may not be exactly what God wants for you. And I want to encourage you this morning as we take a look at the life of David for just a few moments that you would stop and consider and say, God, what is your will for my life? What do you want? Would you lead me? Would you reveal yourself and your will to me? And I hope and pray that all of you are right there this morning. And if you are, thank God for it. I, I'm just going to encourage you along these lines as we look at the life of David to see David's response. You know, David could have said, he could have got bitter at God and said, well, I guess God, since you won't let me build this for you, I guess I'll just go back to doing my own thing. Uh, he may have went in another way and tried to really do it his own way. You realize that David could have tried to build the uh, temple, the, the house of God for the Lord. He could have said, well, I know you said no, God, but uh, I really want to do this for you. And I'm going to prove to you that I'm fully capable of doing this. David could have maybe turned to the world. I can't help but think of a lot of Christians today when someone has told them no, they have reverted to the world. Well, God, if you won't let me do this, then I guess I'm through. Hey, we live in an apostasy, a day of apostasy today. People have turned aside, turned away from God. They're walking away by the thousands. They're not staying with God. They're not sticking to the old paths. They're not staying to the old time way. They're not holding to convictions based on the Word of God. And I believe there's some truth to that. There's some reasons for that. We'll go into that today. But uh, uh, the truth of the matter is we live among people that are that way today. And if we're not careful, we'll be in that same place. You may not be there here today or in your Bible college days, but there will come a time, if you stay faithful to God, where you will be confronted. 
Is it what God wants or is it what I want? Our theme at Junction City Baptist Church for two years in a row, only time we have ever held a theme for two years straight, was the theme that God brought to me in a real personal way. And it was found in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I but Christ. Not I, but Christ. We mentioned just briefly yesterday, God's in the business of taking the I out. He's got to get rid of the I in us before He's going to do something through us, as we mentioned. And I believe David was here, and, and David had a heart for God. David's heart was right with God. David had a vision for God. And all those things were wonderful and well, and God was glad for that, except for God said no. In First Chronicles 28, in verse number 2, Then David the king stood upon his feet and said, Hear me, my brethren and my people. As for me, I had in mine heart to build an house of rest for the ark of the covenant of the Lord and for the footstool of our God he had made ready and had made ready for the building but God said unto me thou shalt not build an house for my name because thou hast been a man of war and hast shed blood here at this point the reason is not necessarily uh, that significant uh, but we do it does reveal that it wasn't necessarily uh, anything that David had done wrong. It was just because he was a man of war. He still had a right heart, had a heart for God, and God decided that he was going to use Solomon, his son. And I, I'm just encouraged today to think about the fact that David didn't quit. David didn't throw in the towel and say, well, God, if you're not going to let me build your house, I won't do anything for you. David determined that he would do what he could while he could. And he is a great example of someone that did all they could without doing exactly what they wanted to do. It became all of a sudden now it was not just David's desire and David's goal, but it was now, okay, this is what you're allowed to do. You can either do this or you can be done. I don't know if that's how it came to David necessarily, but I believe that David recognized and said, all right, Lord, if you won't let me build it, would you let me do everything I can to make it ready? I, I want to encourage your heart this morning as you prepare in Bible college, as you uh, spend these next few days and months and years uh, training for the work of the Lord, that you would prepare with all your might. I want us to see exactly here this morning uh, four aspects of David's leadership in preparing for the work of building God's house. And let me just say, by the way, it is a great work. It is a wonderful work to be involved in, the greatest on earth. Nothing compares to the local church. Uh, I believe that. You see all throughout the New Testament, God loves the church. He loves the body. He loves the bride of Christ. And there's no greater work on earth than to be involved in the work of the Lord and building and battling for the Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe that this morning. I want you to see, first of all, David's preparation. Notice his preparation personally in uh, the, these few verses here, verse 
number two, now I have prepared with all my might for the house of my God, for the gold, the, for the things to be made of gold, and the silver for the things, for things of silver, and the brass for things of brass, the iron for things of iron, and wood for things of wood, onyx stones, and stones to be set, glistering stones, and of divers colors, and all manner of precious stones, and marble stones in abundance. Moreover, because I have set my affection to the house of my God, I have offered mine own proper good of gold and silver, which I have given to the house of my God, over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house. I want you to see this morning, David's preparation was spiritual preparation. He had already sought the Lord. He had already uh, made his heart right with God and humbled himself. And it had taken some things in his life. But uh, remember that David was a man after God's own heart. Uh, right from his uh, early uh, childhood, I believe David had a heart for God. He desired to do what God wanted him to do. And he maintained that. Yes, David sinned uh, some uh, tragic sins that cost the nation of Israel greatly and cost his family greatly. But David's heart, after he was confronted with those sins, you find that David continually had a broken and contrite heart. He came right back. He didn't rebel and run away from God. Rather, he humbled himself, made his heart right with God, and made things right, and God restored things and restored uh, his relationship back to himself. And, and I'm thankful that we have that pattern that David prepared spiritually. And I want to encourage you that you would prepare your heart spiritually every single day with the Lord, that you'd take time to make sure your heart is free and clear, that nothing stands between you and the Lord. Is your heart right with God this morning? You see, in chapter number 16 of 1 Chronicles, uh, we find that David, after the Ark of the Covenant had returned, uh, he said, seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His face continually. Hey, don't let it happen again where, where you go a time, a period, a day uh, without seeking the face of God. And there's an interesting passage of Scripture in verse number, chapter 13. I want you to look at this real quickly. Chapter 13, verses 1 through 3, And David consulted with the captains of thousands and hundreds and with every leader. And David said unto all the congregation of Israel, If it seem good unto you, and that it be of the Lord our God, let us send abroad unto our brethren everywhere that are left in all the land of Israel, and with them also the priests and Levites which are in their cities and suburbs, that they may gather themselves unto us. And let us bring again the ark of our God to us. Now here's the tragedy. For we inquired not at at it, at it in the days of Saul. What a tragedy. The time that Saul was set as king, by the way, that's man's doing, man's choice. David was God's choice from the beginning, but he allowed them to go ahead and appoint themselves a king. And so during the days of Saul, the Bible tells us they didn't go after. You know, the uh, Philistines came in and they stole the Ark of the Covenant away. By the way, that's a symbolic presence of God. That Ark of the Covenant, the Shekinah glory, and the, uh, the place where God met with man and the nation of Israel, that Ark of the Covenant symbolized the very presence of Almighty God. And during the days of Saul, they didn't, it was like they didn't care. We're just going to leave it over there. No one inquired at it. No one went after it. How hungry are you for God's presence? How much do you desire to be with God? You see, David, 
First thing he does when he becomes king, you can read it. You can read it later. First thing he does is says, all right, I'll paraphrase it. Guys, we've got to get the ark. Who's willing to go? We've got to have God in this thing. Listen, can I just say, you've got to have God in this matter of the work of the Lord. It doesn't work without Him. Now, the tragedy of today is that we have manufactured some things to look like it can go without God. And I see it. But the problem and the danger is, here's the danger. Aaron, in the, uh, in the book of Exodus, Moses was on the mountain receiving the law of God. And you remember the story. They fa Aaron fashioned a golden calf. Here's the danger of a lot of things that are happening in our day today. Let me tell you, on one side there's a golden calf. But on the other side, there's the altar of the Lord. That was a danger. That's a danger that I see today at the same time. By the way, that's just the word meaning contemporary at the same time. First contemporary service in your Bible, Exodus 32. Golden calf, and the next day we'll go out and have an altar unto the Lord. Can't have both. It's either the way of the world or it's the way of God. And David went after God with all his heart, and he prepared his heart spiritually, but he prepared specifically. Go back to chapter 29. Notice all of the things. We won't read it again, but I want you to see what he says in verse number 3. At the end of the verse he says, I have given to the house of my God over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house. What was the holy house? Any of you know? What was it? No, it wasn't the temple. Tabernacle? No. Holy house was David's house. That was his doing. That was the palace. That was the house for the king. And David said, I've made this wonderful house for myself, but for the house of God, I've given above and beyond that which I have built for me. You see, the priority was in David's life, don't you? It was about God. Boy, I'm thankful for that example of leadership that he provided. Boy, it was specific. All the details he made sure were ready. Oh, he couldn't build it, but it didn't stop him from gathering the gold. I mean, the finest gold that you could buy. He had it. The silver all of the details are laid out there for us in those first few verses. What a blessing to know David prepared with all his might. I wonder this morning, are we preparing with all of our might, myself included? When I'm preparing to worship God, to go to the house of God, am I preparing with all our, my might? You see, a lot of times we can prepare for a job, for a physical task. Again, we're good at doing things. I'm as guilty as any. You go out and do a physical task of labor. Boy, we're good at giving it, giving it our all there. But when it comes to preparing spiritually in prayer and in study and in meditation and memorization and just getting alone with God, that sometimes goes out first. Well, I've got I've to be ready for this. I've got to go do these things, but I don't have time to be something with you. Can I just tell you? John the Baptist had a very short ministry, but he had a very long window of preparation. Oh, his ministry didn't last very long. 
but he had something to say when it was time. Preacher boys, preacher men, I know you're not boys. Preacher man, we better get along with God. We better get something from God before we go out and try to say something. You better get alone. Better let God fill you. Let God challenge you. David's preparation. But I see, secondly, David's proposition. And we're going to hasten. We'll run through these rather quickly. David's proposition, verse number 5. He gives all those things that he had prepared for. And then he says this in the latter part of verse 5. And who then is willing to consecrate his service this day unto the Lord? Who's willing that would work? Who's willing to labor? Who's willing to sacrifice? Who's willing to dedicate uh, your service, your talent, your ability, whatever you have uh, with you to say, I'll serve, I'll work. I can't do everything, but I can do something with God's help. I'll, I'll offer myself. And here I want you to see is that they offered themselves willingly. They were willing to offer themselves and say, here we are. Notice the next verse. Then the chief of the fathers and princes of the tribes of Israel and the captains of thousands of hundreds with the rulers of the king's work offered willingly and gave for the service of the house of God of gold 5,000 talents and 10,000 drams and of silver 10,000 talents and of brass 18,000 talents and 100,000 talents of iron. And they with whom precious stones were found gave them to the treasure of the house of the Lord by the hands of Jehiel the Gershonite. Here they said, David, we see the desire. We see what you're doing. Yes, we'll offer. We'll dedicate ourselves. Who's willing to consecrate themselves? Who's willing to separate themselves and your service to the Lord God? God's still in the business of calling people out. He's still in the business of uh, uh, separating uh, a body and a bride. The church We're still called out unto himself. And he's still looking for those that are willing to say, yes, I'll, I'll be used of you. I don't have much, but what I have is yours. It, it belongs to you anyways. We'll get to that in just a moment. But they offered themselves willingly. But then I want you to see they rejoiced greatly. Verse number 9. Then the people rejoiced for that they offered willingly because with perfect heart they offered willingly to the Lord. And David the king also rejoiced with great joy. Aren't you? Man, I'm thankful that we can rejoice, that we have a song, we can praise God, we can give glory and honor uh, to the Lord Jesus Christ today. I can live in victory. I'm on the winning side. I'm on the side that's already won. Praise God. I'm not going to win. I have won. <laughs> We've already won. I'm glad there's victory today. I'm glad there's rejoicing. We can rejoice and honor the Lord. And there was great joy because the people offered willingly and said, hey, we'll go. You know what? That creates, there's a, there's a joy whenever you're yielding yourself to the Lord and serving God in what He wants you to do. But watch this. If you are not doing what God wants you to do or you're trying to go around God, I don't believe David and the people would have had the joy if David would have said, hey, listen, God told me that we couldn't build it, but we're going to do it anyways. And this is what we need. There would have been some folks who would have said, okay, David, you're the king. We're, you're the boss. We're going to follow you. And they'd have got in the middle of the work. And then there would have been some complaining. There would have been some quitting. People would have said, oh, this isn't what we signed up for. This is what, this isn't, 
important to us. But instead, because they had honored the Lord and obeyed Him and His Word, there was great rejoicing. And there's great rejoicing when you yield yourself to the Lord and you say, Lord, here am I. I'm not much, but whatever I have, I give it to you. Hey, listen, there's great joy in that. Even if you find yourself in a trial and some trouble and you're not maybe doing all that you want or the results aren't coming like you desire and what you wanted to see, even when those times come, you can still have great joy because you know who you're serving. I'm, I like the verse when Paul said, I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Hey, listen, I know who I have believed in. I know who I'm living for. I know who I'm serving today. But I'm going to tell you, you'll be tested with it. Now, there's strength in numbers. You're here right now with a group of people that are hungry, serving God, loving God. You're going the same direction and it's wonderful. You ought to get encouraged by that. But you better be willing, as he said on spring break or when you graduate or when you go, that you're going to stand alone because you'll be tested with it. Am I serving? Am I here for God or am I here for me? Am I here for God or am I here for the college? Am I here for God or am I here because of mom and dad? Am I here for God or am I here for you can fill it in. And you'll be confronted with it, I promise you. You'll be tested with it. You better settle it now and just decide to go with God. I want you to see next, not only do we see David's preparation and David's proposition, but I want you to see verse number 10, David's prayer. Wherefore David blessed the Lord before all the congregation. I like that. Before all the congregation. Everybody present, David is leading in this matter of worship and prayer to God. That's the way it ought to be. No, not, uh, uh, no hidden agenda or motive. We're, we're just real. In front of the entire congregation, David blessed the Lord. And David said, Blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all that is in, thine, or in the heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come of thee, and thou reignest over all. In thine hand is power and might, and in thy hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all. Now therefore, our God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. But who am I and what is my people that we should be able to offer so willingly after this sort? For all things come of thee and of thine own have we given thee. For we are strangers before thee and sojourners as were all our fathers. Our days on the earth are as a shadow and there is none abiding. O Lord our God, all this store that we have prepared to build thee and house for thine holy name cometh of thine hand and is all thine own. I know also, my God, that thou triest the heart and hast pleasure in uprightness. As for me and the uprightness of mine heart, I have willingly offered all these things. Now have I seen with joy thy people which are present here to offer willingly unto thee. O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, our fathers, keep this forever in the imagination of the thoughts of the heart of thy people and prepare their heart unto thee. And give unto Solomon my son a perfect heart to keep thy commandments, thy testimonies, and thy statutes, and to do all these things, and to build the palace for which I have, com or which I have made provision. I want you to see David's prayer of recognition. Number one, what does he recognize? In this prayer... He recognizes that God alone is the source from all power and blessing. God alone is the source. 
Verse number 10 again, he says, Blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty, or the victory and the majesty. For all that is in, thine, in the heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. David recognizes the power that comes from God. It belongs to him and it comes from him. And then he recognizes this, that the praise is all for the Lord and to the Lord. By the way, let me just say, the work is for the Lord, but it's also by the Lord. They were recognizing, Lord, this is all for you. We're building you a house, but we can't do it without you. Isn't that interesting? You go out, try to work for God. You can build something you think for God, but not without God. There's a lot of people trying to build works for God in the flesh. And sadly, it really appears to have succeeded. I want you to recognize this morning, you probably already do, the power comes from God. The praise belongs to God. There's only one who is worthy, and His name is Jesus. And then you see in verses 14 and 15, a prayer of remembrance. Oh, he remembers some things. It'd be good for us to remember today. Who am I? Lord, who am I? I'm just your humble servant. Here was the king of Israel, a man after God's own heart that cried out to God, Lord, who am I? And who are your people that we should be able to offer so willingly? Listen, everything that you are allowed to do of God you better stop and remember who you are and give God the glory for what He's allowed to happen in your life. Give Him the glory. Hey, He remembered who that He was. And may we remember this morning who we are. We're nothing without Him. And Jesus said, oh, you are, for without me you can do nothing. John 15, 5. Listen, we are really nothing without Him. I am nothing. He is everything. And He can help you. And then He recognizes and He remembers this, who everything it belongs to, what it belongs to. I, I, I'm just encouraged to remember this morning, all that I have belongs to God. Sometimes we think that it's ours. I, I, I preached uh, a message a, a few months ago to our church just to help us to remember about holding loosely to the things of this world. And a lot of times we get to thinking in the mindset of the world, you know, what's mine is mine. I deserve it. Keep your hands off. <laughs> we do everything in this world, in America, to protect our things. I mean, we've got security cameras. We've got all kinds of locks. We've got all kinds of things because we want our stuff. And while we ought to take care of things, I'm not against protecting things to take care of it. We have to stop and recognize that everything the Lord's given us belongs to Him. It's not really mine. It all belongs to Him. That's what David said in verse number 14. He said, For all things come of Thee, and of Thine own have we given Thee. <laughs> We've given what You gave to us. It all belongs to You, God, so we're just going to give everything back to You. Verse number, um, let's see, verse number 16, O Lord our God, all this store that we have prepared to build Thee in house for Thine holy name cometh of Thine hand, and is all Thine own. 
Everything you have belongs to God. It's by His mercy and His grace that you're allowed to have it. The sooner we recognize and remember this, uh, the sooner that we can become what God wants us to be. And then we see His request. Notice just a, a few thoughts in verse number 18. He says, Keep this forever in their imaginations of the thoughts of the heart of Thy people. Lord, don't let us forget. Don't forget what God's done for you in these days. Boy, it would be easy to forget. The nation of Israel, they were notorious for forgetting the things that God had done. I mean, they crossed the Red Sea. I mean, you know, that was a little thing, just minor detail in your life, you know. And three days, they're in the wilderness and crying out to God saying, what would you do? Bring us out here to die? Let us go back to Egypt? I mean, that doesn't make sense to me. You just watched this amazing miracle take place and yet you've forgotten that God is on your side and He's going to fight for you. But are we so different? God does something for us a few days back. I mean, He meets the need of a school bill or I don't know how it all works here, I, but whatever is in your life and you've been praying and asking God for and God seems to part the waters and He does a great miracle in your life and you thank Him and you praise Him and three days later you find yourself worried and fretting and, oh, I don't know how I'm going to make it. Well, you make it the exact same way the children of Israel did and how you made it a few days earlier. By faith, believe in God. Don't forget it. Prayer to keep it, and then he says to prepare their hearts unto thee, that our hearts would be continually prepared before the Lord, and then to give unto Solomon, his son, a perfect heart to keep thy commandments. In order for us to keep the commandments of God, may we have a perfect heart this morning. Now, I want you to see finally in these last few verses David's precept. David's precept. What was the precept? Well, the precept means a commandment or direction given as a rule of action or conduct. David makes a precept here for the entire congregation. I want you to see it, verse number 20. And David said to all the congregation, Now bless the Lord your God. And all the congregation blessed the Lord God of their fathers and bowed down their heads and worshiped the Lord and the King. And they sacrificed sacrifices unto the Lord and offered burnt offerings unto the Lord. On the morrow after that day, even a thousand bullocks, a thousand rams, and a thousand lambs with their drink offerings and sacrifices in abundance for all Israel. Here was the precept that David commanded for the nation of Israel, for all of Israel. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Give Him the glory. Thank the Lord. By the way, that's a matter of publicly speaking and thanking God. The, the, the matter of blessing the Lord is uh, blessing Him with praise and uh, the, the speaking of praise, the singing of praise. And so often you'll see those going together. They were uh, saying the things that God had done and rehearsing all of that. And then they were singing the song of thanksgiving over and over and over again as God had done wonderful things for them. And when God does something wonderful for you and God meets a need and God blesses your heart but why don't you praise and glorify the Lord by the way worship is often inward and it's often um, by yourself 
Often worship takes place when nobody else is around. God calls you to a certain place. God said to Abraham, Abraham, bring Isaac, come to the place that I'll show thee. You're going to have to do business. You and, you and God will get alone at some point. And he will, he will call you out. And he will, there will be a time and a place somewhere that God deals with your heart and some matter. And you'll worship. But the matter of praise, praise in the Bible is always public. It's always in the assembly. And it's vocal. And I understand that you can pray silently and you can pray uh, to yourself and you can praise God through prayer. But this was a public viewing of blessing God. Thank you, God, for your blessings. Thank you for your protection. Thank you for the power that you gave us and enabled us to accomplish all of the preparation for the work that is going to be so great and marvelous. I like the, the testimony service after spring break. There you go. There's your opportunity. Bless the Lord. Publicly declare. Give Him the glory. Unless, of course, you're ashamed of Him. I said, why don't we stop worrying about everyone else and just start worrying about God saying, Lord, how does that affect you? If you want me to praise you and I don't, and I don't say something, I don't thank you, have I, have I offended you? Other people need to hear your testimony of praise. David gave a precept that all the congregation, he says, now bless the Lord your God. And we could go into a lot of details about that. We don't have the time for that today. But I want you to see, not only did they bless the Lord, but they bowed in, in humility and adoration of what the Lord had done. Oh yes, they testified. They blessed the Lord. But they also bowed in worship. What has God done for you? What has God called you to? Are you preparing for something great? If God's called you to a work, yes, it is a great work. As we saw yesterday, God's called us to Himself. He's called us to walk with Him. He's called us to uh, a, a Christian life to, to live for Him, that you would walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you've been called. Now we look at the side of preparing our hearts, preparing ourselves for the work of the Lord. How are you preparing today? Are you ready? Are you willing? Have you praised the Lord? Have you thanked Him today? Have you spent time in His presence just praising Him for who He is? By the way, worship has to do with God. It's all about Him. Praise has to do with what He's blessed me with. Worship is about who He is. He's worthy. Regardless of what He does, if He never blesses me again, He's still worthy. Amen? He's wonderful. He's worthy. Prepare with all your might. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for the time you've allowed us to have today at the college chapel. Lord, I thank you for what you did in my heart today. Lord, as I have been in prayer and study and then, Lord, to preach the Word of God, Lord, you have stirred my heart numerous times already this day 
then I bless the Lord and I give you glory and honor and praise because you alone are worthy. And I pray, God, that you'd work and move in the hearts of these thy people today. Lord, may we be more determined now than ever to prepare with all our might for you and to allow you to do a work in and through us for your honor and your glory. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen, Pastor.